We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Curry steps back. Bang! Pod number 50. Um, I wanted to do something grandiose for number 50 with the playoffs starting, but uh, his airness, Andy Lou, out here with 103 degree temperature. <laughs> Don't even need to go to the doctor. Come on now. I'm just going to tough it out like a real, uh, you know, like a, like a 90s NBA player. You know, That's what I'm here for, man. When I, when I tweeted out um, flu game pod today, I was going to Photoshop you and I into that like iconic picture of Jordan and Pippen. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was too swamped to, to try to mess with that. I was like, I was really hoping one of, uh, one of our followers would hit us with that, you know, like maybe like Roy or, or she or someone would do that. That's like, it's like up their alley. But anyway, um, you doing better, buddy? Yesterday you were. Uh, um, I knew. I knew you were. Um, I knew you were hurting when Russ was shamelessly going for rebounds, and you didn't even have it in you to troll. <laughs> I think Sam hit me up yesterday in the morning and was like, "Yo, you ready to record?" And I, and I like didn't respond until the late after. I was like, "No, nah, man, I got the flu," and I didn't keep up with any of the games. I was just like in and out of. You know, I had a ton of Nikon Tylenol on me. I was in and out. But then I woke up at like 2 a.m. and I saw what happened. And I was just like, holy crap, this is perfect. What Russ did and what the war- like the role that the Warriors have in the playoffs. I was like, that was a prime night last night for me to tweet. But It's like, okay. We'll, we'll catch up on it here. You know, you're going to tough through it. You're going to hit that 
that big shot over Byron Russell. We'll be good to go. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, it really is kind of the perfect, like Spurs and then Pelicans or Blazers in round two. The Warriors could not have had a better uh, road with all things considered, knowing that like Steph's 99% not playing round one. Um. Yeah, it's just it's it's the best case scenario. Hi. Have you seen the stuff that's been going around with Steph on in MT's piece? Marcus Thompson saying like, "Hey, he, he has one date circled in mind, April fourteenth or whatever, right? Which is Saturday, game one." Uh, do you think there's a chance? I don't know. I, I think there's that. zero one of days, but I think there's zero chance. I heard Bob Myers today, and he's like, he's basically saying like, "We're gonna." you know, we're going to check in with him on Saturday and then like decide if the next evaluations in one or two weeks, um, everything I've seen, I've seen some video clips of him. He doesn't look like he can move. Um, he, he's not cutting or anything like he's shooting around. Um, I don't think, I think I still stand with mine. I don't even think he's back for game one of round two. I just, I have a very hard time fully like MC, MCL grade two is four to six weeks and Steph, they're going to be overly cautious with him, especially if they get through round one and round, you know, knowing the round two opponents, they're just, they're just not going to rush it. They remember rushing it in 16. If they can control it, they're not going to, they're not going to rush it. I don't think, I don't think he's close at all. And it God, it works out so good for the Warriors. It's actually crazy. Like if they had to go up against, I mean, even Minnesota, a team that's that has Jimmy Butler, which looks pretty good, he or Utah or well, Pelicans maybe. But my God, they got really the worst team that they could have possibly faced in the first round. And then you know the game yesterday. I was just reading this morning um, that Portland was playing that game against Utah for the third seed. So if yeah. Utah had won, the Warriors would have to play Utah in the second round. But instead, they played Portland, which is fine, which they don't need stuff for really, you say game one, but maybe the entire series, right? And he's, he'll probably be back like game two, game three, right? Uh, something like that. But yeah, there's no way he misses. Crazy. Round, it, he, there's no way he misses all of round two. I'm just, um, I'm, I'm a little more skeptical that like he's going to open round two, like guns blazing. You know what I mean? I think if he, if he's back at the beginning, it'll be like light minute restriction type stuff. Um. Yeah, it did really break perfectly for him. What's funny is I, I'm still not convinced that round one will be a short series. Um, obviously, Ooh. the Warriors ended the regular season terribly. Like that Utah game was, it wasn't just that they lost. A 40, it, it was embarrassing. Um, and, you know, as much as San Antonio is a team that can barely score the ball and is just not as talented as Spurs teams we know, they are well coached, and I could totally see this Warrior team taking three games to to quote unquote find their groove. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, that, that's true. The, the only the only thing is, if the Warriors struggle, I think of it this way: they're not going to struggle. I mean, they're going to struggle to score regardless of Steph. If they're going to struggle against teams now, it has to be ones with good offenses, right? And I think that at the end of the day, it's the Spurs can't do anything outside of Aldridge post ups, and the Warriors have Draymond for that. So it's it's not like they can score on the Warriors. And as long as the Warriors can play consistent defense, which I don't think they'd be able to do against Portland or maybe even Minnesota or any of these other teams, right? They would have struggled to maybe win them in six. 
I think with the Spurs, they got the easiest one because they know that they can defend them. And in terms of scoring, they can just have KD shoulder a bigger load for 40 minutes a game. Actually, that's a, think- that's a really good point because um, everyone's talking about flipping the switch. Um, but for the Warriors, flipping the switch is defensive. And it's going to be hard to go from playing no defense to engage defense. So playing a bad offensive team first is your best case scenario as opposed to like jumping into a team who can space you out and is explosive. Like the Spurs would quote unquote be like the training wheels to them refining that defensive identity. (laughs) That's true. And it's funny since it is a Popovich team, you would think that he has something in play, but we saw last season. I mean, I think Popovich is at a certain point where he can only make his team that good without much talent, right? Like he could only do so much. And last season you saw they couldn't score 80 points and they have the exact same personnel that they do have this year. So yeah, I mean, they're, um, they're, they're fundamentally sound. They don't make mistakes. They defend their ass off, but like you can't turn Patty Mills into Steph Curry, no matter how hard you try. We're seeing it with the Warriors, by the way, like KD, KD's fine. KD can score 30 points on anyone at any time in any scheme. Cause he's that level of player. But like, Without Steph, all of a sudden, a bunch of dudes who are good players look a lot more limited offensively than you know we were led to believe, right? Like Clay um, or like Iguodala or a bunch of these guys who like we know are good players or are good impact players, but like they're not quote unquote that level of offensive talent that they can just handle not having the you know the best playmaker in the NBA creating space for them. Kawhi's coming back. No, <laughs> Kawhi. Kawhi is. By the way, I am one hundred percent convinced this is about money, and I think the pass that Kawhi's getting, I've I've never seen a player of his talent level get that level of a pass. Like, if anyone else sat out to quote unquote protect their investment at that level, like they they would get killed. I guess Derrick Rose did do it after he. Um, Derek Rose. By the way, though, Sam's been saying that Kawhi is going to get traded this offseason for the past couple months, and I didn't believe him. But I think you're right, dude. I think we've gotten to the point where you're right. I think they're going to trade him. Uh, Because if he's not coming back for a playoff series. And and the Spurs cleared him, and the Spurs doctors are like. They could have made a mistake, and any doctor can make a mistake, but like that's not a training staff that's got a bad reputation like they have the best reputation in the nba um and the fact he's not willing to try and like his people like his agent and you know uh publicist or whatever around him are like putting out very cryptic statements on it and he won't say anything that makes it worse you know like um any other player may come out with a statement that you know quote unquote protects themselves like so it just kind of leads to in my opinion, I'm not buying the injury is as as bad as his side is saying. Uh, it seems to me like it's it's a complete like I don't want to risk reaggravating something that's bothered me for most of the year, and I want to protect this max contract I'm about to get. It's, it's weird because. I mean, players are going to play through injuries, and you never want to say a player should play through an injury. But when is the last time that a player didn't want to play through an egg injury like that? You know, especially, especially Derek someone. Rose. Derek Rose. 
when Rose uh, Rose got um, when he tore his ACL, he tore it in the 2012 playoffs. So the year after his MVP. But that's not as dangerous. I mean, that's that ACL is much worse than this as well. Yeah, what, it doesn't seem like Kawhi's. But what I'm saying bad. is, um, people forget Rose got cleared in March, mid March. Now you could say like coming back from missing the entire season right then, like it would have been, he would have been bad. You know, there's just no way he was going to find rhythm, like playing his fourth game in the playoffs. But I mean, it is a similar thing. Like he was cleared. Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I hate, you know what? I'm going to be honest, man. I wish Kawhi was playing. I hope he comes back like game two or game three or something. Like, like the Warriors are up 2-0 when he comes back, you know, a home game, game three, that drama, we need that drama. Because, hey, to be, to be completely honest, we've been talking about this Warriors regular season and how boring it's been. If the Warriors beat the Spurs in four or five, which I think they're going to sweep them, and they're going to play the Blazers in round two, and they're going to beat them in five. You think they're going to, I think my, my take is the Pelicans are winning. That's serious. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we could, let's jump into that. That's a good one. Yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's that. talk about that one. Um, I think who's guarding Anthony Davis? Nurkic. Um. <laughs> Nur- Nurkic, come on now. So they're gonna have to play Ed Davis. Ed Davis is, by the way, one of those um, underrated. Um, I wish the Warriors could get him because he'd be like perfect for what they want a five to do, right? Maybe. But um, there, he's probably not going to take like the taxpayer mid level, so that's out the window. But um, but then they put him in there, and then they're you know a little more limited on offense. And uh, Drew Holiday has been Drew Holiday would have been an all star in the East. Drew Holiday actually he has been an all star in the East, <laughs> um, hasn't he? On Philly, wasn't he an all star? I don't know if he was. Though. I think he was. I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up. Um, it's all just, right, it's you go quite, look at you go look it up. But I uh, it's quintessential East for him to, to be an all star. But <laughs> it might anybody, but anybody that averages 15 points in the East is an all-star. But um, you, I mean, you would think Anthony Davis is going to average have to average like 35 and, and 15 and like four blocks per game for them to win, right? I, I mean, I kind of see it. I just think that uh, I think they've been explosive as hell the last um, basically since the All-Star break. Like it took them like four or five games after Boogie got hurt, and that was basically the All-Star game. But they've been. They've been as good, if as good as uh, Portland, like a shade worse. Um, I would call it's it a toss-up. I was That's gonna call good. it a toss-up series, but I think um, Anthony Davis is clearly the best player in the series, and uh, Dame's awesome. Yeah, but in, I think in big moments though, you, it, might, it might be not, it might not be true. Maybe in a whole game, Davis is better, but as a team, Portland is better with overall talent. And then they might just have the better guy in crunch time to win those games. Like if you had to pick one to make a big shot, you definitely take Dame over Anthony Davis. And that might just be it for them to win. Seven playoff, games. Rondo. Not like playoff Rondo. Playoff Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like I'm saying though, either way, man, like if it's Portland or the Pelicans that come out of the second round, the Warriors have another cakewalk. So now they have two cakewalks and then they have Houston, presumably. And then the finals are going to be a cakewalk because you have LeBron without Kyrie or whoever the hell is going to come out. So it, it breaks out perfectly for the Warriors this season. Like it's crazy how that works out. The, the only thing that they have to do is they got to beat Houston. Like that's the only thing they have to do. I don't think it's that simple, but I want to. I want to go back on this Portland New Orleans thing. Yeah. So since the um, since the All Star break, um, New Orleans has been seventeen and eight. Portland was seventeen and seven. Their net differential is 
basically a wash. They've been basically the same team from those metrics. Um, ever since they got Meritich, New Orleans has been just an absolute juggernaut because they just got spacing all over. Spacing in Anthony Davis is just a nightmare to guard. We saw it with the Warriors um, last weekend. Um, I think they're I think they're dangerous, and I th- I really do think they're going to beat Portland. Yeah, I just I, I just keep thinking. I mean, I can think of the series, but I can just keep I I, can't, I just keep going back to how the Warriors have it easy this year. Like, yeah, they well, they don't have it easy because we don't know what Steph's going to look like when he's back. Like they have it easy if Steph comes back with no reaggravations. But let's be real, he's sprained his ankle four or five times this year. He's got a knee thing. It's I'm I guess I'm I'm. I'm wish I'm hoping he's uh, he's healthy, but I'm not expecting him to be any healthier than he was in the 16 playoffs. Yeah, and the question becomes: Is that enough for the Warriors to beat Houston? Because you add you do add Durant um, to that. You, you add Durant, you know. but their defense has been a train wreck. Yeah, but then I don't I don't believe that it's going to be a train wreck in the postseason. I think that they just what what Kerr is going to do. He's not going to come out with some crazy. Um, He's not going to come out with some crazy scheme, right? What he is going to do, which I think he's going to do, is he's just going to dream on a center way earlier than ever before. Like, instead of waiting until game five of the NBA Finals, I think he'll realize, or the Warriors will just be down 2-1 and say, all right, we'll just run this lineup for the rest of the series. Two, and Draymond's two, played no minutes at the five. So, so two this con- is time. So two concerns here. One, Well, one, he hasn't played any minutes at the five because they've had no perimeter. Like, they've been... They've been banged up on the perimeter. So that brings my second concern. A lot of their defensive identity comes from being able to put Draymond at the five and have Iguodala in there. Andre Iguodala has a knee issue right now. Um, obviously, nowhere near as big a deal as Steph, but if Andre is not in there, Andre is kind of the Swiss Army knife that, you know, he, he's a part of making the Warriors the juggernaut they are. Without, if, if he's ineffective or not able to go like it it drastically limits their lineup options yeah um it seems like he'll be fine though and then the livingston's been kind of a mess yeah Um, but here's the thing man i i think that this is part of what they were planning to do anyway like they were always planning to sit these guys regardless of if they were actually hurt or not it could be a nick or a bruise or whatever they were going to sit them for multiple games so I do think I, I give these guys the benefit of the doubt. I do think they'll come in in game one or by the time it becomes second round that most guys will be fully healthy, probably outside of Steph, right? I think Iguodala will be fine unless he re-aggravates something and living the guys like that. Like they've been, they haven't played much this season at all. Um, so I do think that most of you guys will be fine because that's what they've used the regular season for, not to play basketball. <laughs> like yeah. they haven't played any stressful minutes or any big minutes. So, I mean, But you do agree with me if Andre um... – is unable to play because of his knee and and he's going to play, but if he's just a shell of himself, that, that severely limits their ability to do warriorsy things on defense. And this is the problem right here is that the Warriors expected a McCall to grow up and become that type of player. If he had progressed this season and that just hasn't happened. So they've got a lot of, like they've had more issues on that than they would admit. Like with Nick Young, not being playable half the time, Casper being cut, right? Quinn Cook, not being able to play defense, McCall not being able to play. So it's like now they actually have to rely on a good that actually, that. that actually brings this up. So 
Um, in that first period that Steph missed when they were nine and two or ten and two in December, uh, Jordan Bell was awesome, and like that lineup with like Bell, Draymond, um, Iguodala, KD, and Clay was just an absolute nightmare. Like I, th- I think Christmas it really stuck out in my mind, or there yep, was like Andre, yep. and it was basically like everyone six seven to six ten. Um, and everyone is like a five position defender basically, or like a, at least a three position defender Yep. that, yep. but Jordan Bell's fallen out of the rotation. Do you think he's going to go back to him? Because, um, in many ways I see Jordan Bell as the, um, Iguodala replacement. They play completely different positions, but he's like that guy who can switch everything and play with the stars. And you know, like I said, he's a completely different no, position bet. player, but like he is kind of that guy who can like swat in and bring that athleticism and cause havoc. No, you're right. Cause he gives them a different element of rim protection that Draymond gives them. And then you can have, you could slide Katie over to three and he can guard the wing players. Like what Iguodala would do. I think, I think that would be the perfect fit, except for again, like how the Warriors were hoping that McCall would grow into what Iguodala is. I think they were hoping that after Christmas, Bell would become the full-time starter. Instead, he's just hurt half the time. So no, I don't think he's going to be a factor in the playoffs, really, unless he just plays a couple of minutes here and there. But when the games matter, which to me is only going to be one series. If it's going to end Houston, I don't think Bell is playable. I don't think any of the centers are going to be that playable, right? Outside of you just put Draymond there a lot. So if the, cent- if the centers but... aren't playable, then Andre Iguodala has to be. Yeah. Very, he has to be 30 plus minute per game playable. And, um, you know, I don't know if he is right now. So these are like, I mean, the Steph injury gets the the headlines, but like these are all kind of key contributors to the rotation who've been just kind of banged up all year. Oh, that's true. And then that's the other thing. If you don't have centers that are playable and Iguodala's not there, then you need KD and Steph to average 30 a game, right? And KD will, but we don't know if Steph will because it's hurt. But again, I do think Steph will come back and he'll be fine. Like, he'll be 80%. Like, he'll be back. I think re- first game of round two is five weeks. So if you give him until game three, that's six weeks. Six weeks is the full time to be, come back healthy. Remember, KD came back uh, from his MCO injury six, six weeks and he came back and he was fine. They're different people, but he came back perfectly healthy. So reactivation is one thing, and his ankle. And keep in mind, he hasn't been on his ankle for six weeks either, so that could help with his ankle healing. Um, so at the end of the day, if he's seventy-five percent, eight, eighty, eighty-five percent, that's still good enough, and that's still better than I'd say. I think I think he's still better than Chris Paul, hampered, right? He may not be better than. Uh, I don't even know. Maybe Lillard. Maybe I don't know, but he'll be he'll he'll still be one of the if not the best point guards at eighty, eighty-five percent. So. I think they'll be fine. I think they just they just they just need to bring him back later, uh, maybe latter ends of round two instead of the beginning of round two. And I know Steph is what Steph probably wants to play on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're gonna but, hold they're gonna hold Steph out against as well, but it's the right move. Like I hope Steph doesn't play in the first round. Yeah, yeah. And if the Warriors can't win in the first round without Steph, then that's a problem for everyone else. Like that's not a Steph thing. That's that's a that's a that's everybody right that's coaching that's organization like come on you can't beat the spurs without Kawhi in the first round with kd and Clay and Dre. like that that's a bigger problem there so um he definitely shouldn't play yeah let's go to the other side of the bracket so houston gets minnesota do you think that series will be interesting at all you do huh no <laughs> not at all really um you think it'll I- be a sweep i don't know what to think I think it actually, I think Minnesota's um, a team that would give the Warriors bigger problems than they would give Houston. 
um, just stylistically and actually really just because stuff's out. So it's a different thing, <laughs> but like versus Houston, Houston's going to just pick on towns and in the pick and roll and, you know, just space it out and like take advantage of the youth. And like, I mean, Jimmy Butler will hold his own, but he can only do so much. Right. Yeah. If Andrew Wiggins was any good. If Andrew Wiggins was who he was supposed, who he's supposed to be, it would be a series, but he's not, he's Jeff Green. So, (laughs) but Jeff Green starter of the playoffs, by the way, starter of the guy, he's going to be starting finals games this year. So, wouldn't speak too badly about Jeff Green. <laughs> I mean, uh, Jared Smith starts finals games, so <laughs> not so uh, much. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I wish – I kind of wish Denver made the playoffs, to be honest, just because Minnesota is hard to watch. And I feel like Minnesota probably should have been a higher seed anyway. Can we, yeah. talk, can we talk about Minnesota? Like they're, they're – fa- so did you watch that fans-only broadcast? Last week. No. That yeah. fans only broadcast had um fans um calling in and all the Wolves fans were there was a bunch of them who are more or less saying like it's Tibbs' fault they're not better. Um and that town should be an MVP player. And I'm just like I'm sitting here going, like, I can accept that like Tibbs is not in the top tier of coaches. Like he's you know he's maybe he's an average coach these days like he does some good things he does some bad things mainly playing guys into the ground but like i'm 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 starting to defend tibbs when i hear jimmy butler quotes going off about like guys have to want it more that like there's a little a little too much of wanting to anoint young guys who haven't quote unquote proven it yet at that level i think because I, I, I love Jimmy Butler, but that's the other thing too. I think him and Tibbs, they take it, they're like too too much like machismo or whatever. Like they sure. want to act like real like manly and like you better be able to play 45 minutes or you got to, like you said, you got to want it at the end of the game. It's like that type of crap. It's like, it's good. But I think they take it to an extreme to where like, it's probably not good for your star player to fa- play 40 minutes a game. That's probably why he- No, it's definitely not. There's no way around and so <laughs> And so- uh, the other thing is that to blame it on Tibbs is one thing, but what are you going to do about guys like Wiggins? I think honestly, I think he's fine. Like I think he'll be great. I think yeah, he's I think I think out. I actually do think I I just criticized him, but what I really meant to say was people are certain people are saying he's more developed than he is instead of just like recognizing he's really good for a twenty two year old, but he's he's not quote unquote like ready to compete for an MVP or anything yet. Yeah. And he'll get there. I mean, it took AD a few years too. Yeah, so definitely. The, only, the only problem is the only problem here is that, I mean, if you want to blame it on Tibbs, is they just can't develop anybody or they don't trust anyone. Cause it comes back to, well, do you, do you, you feel like you have to trust someone who you think doesn't have the balls like Bielitsa or whatever the hell these guys have on the bench. I feel like they'd be fine. They'd be playable, but these guys just don't want to play them. Like they rather just, just run uh, Butler out there. Yeah, I get some ta- and by the way, hero of the game, Taj Gibson. Did you did you were you able to watch that game or were you just that out of it? No, nah, I was in and out. I saw the highlights and I saw the steal that he had on um what's his face? Jokic. Uh, Jokic, yeah. Yeah, that was gorgeous. Like that's something that Dray- like that's what Draymond does, right? Yeah, like, that's Taj a like that was a Draymond play. Draymond. Yeah. I mean, like Taj Gibson's made those plays for like a decade, but like in that moment that felt very Draymond. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Jokic was, I, I did kind of want Denver to win too, because Jokic was going nuts and Jamal Murray is just too fun. Like we're both huge Steph Curry fans. If we're huge Steph Curry fans, we can't yeah, just like Jamal, Jamal Murray. <laughs> So yeah, that guy, they should be in the playoffs next year for a lot of years. Hey, okay, well, how about hey, this? Be I was five, thinking, there'd be a five seed in the East. Yeah, that's true. Look at the Sixers. Um, uh, I, I will say this though. I was thinking, um, could there be any way that Minnesota steals a couple games and then Houston becomes Houston and chokes away? Because I do think that if it's a tight game, I would say it's pretty much a draw between uh, CB3, Harden, and Butler. Like if it is a close game, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past any of those guys to take over a close game. Like I could see Butler winning game one, game two at Houston, and then them winning another one just off energy, right? First first playoff game in, you know, 15 years. And then the series is suddenly 2-2, and we've got a game five in Houston. And all of a sudden, anything can happen. Like, I could see that just off the basis that Jimmy Butler is that good in crunch time, and, and you want a guy like that. And obviously, right. Harden is Harden, and Paul's Paul. They'll probably be, they'll probably make too many threes. Honestly, like they'll probably make like 15 or 20 a game and that'll be it. But if, but if Minnesota can steal one and then win one at home, that's a totally different series. Yeah. I still do think like all my, all my, all my comments about Minnesota aside, like it, it's a team headed in the right direction. And maybe like the, the fan reaction from Minnesota is more that they, they think they thought they were going to contend this year as opposed to like using this as a transitional year to make the playoffs. Right. Um, it's possible. I don't know if their future is going to be that bright, honestly, but I don't know. Well, so their future may be bright. If Jimmy, if Jimmy stays healthy and towns develops like the Wiggins thing may box them in, but if towns hits his potential and Wiggins doesn't decline, or sorry, if towns, if towns hits his ceiling, and Butler doesn't decline before that happens. Like that's a pretty potent one-two punch. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just the NBA nowadays. You need three superstars. <laughs> so, but, well, they got Jeff Teague, yeah. they got Taj Gibson too. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I see your point. That's true. You're right. Like by that point, Taj, who's a perfectly like he's just a, he's just a great role player, right? He'll probably be 35 by the time Towns hits his. Uh, hits his quote unquote like stride as being one of those front end guys. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I could see it. I'd like, I, I kind of still think Houston's going to probably roll through them pretty quickly. I think Houston's going to find problems in round two. Uh, who do you have Utah or OKC? Oh my God. I just read your email and it says, I mean, I read it already, but I just reread and I just saw what you, what you wrote. This <laughs> you guy can... wrote Utah versus Scalosaurus Rex, dude. I'm at, <laughs> that's actually hilarious. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Again, these are all weird matchups that we haven't seen and guys that are so bunched together. I guess OKC, right, is what you have to go with. They got Russ and Paul George. Like, you kind of have to go to that in a seven-game series. I mean, I'm not going to trust Donovan Mitchell as a rookie and Joe Ingles, who is Rookie Joe of the Ingles. year. I'm not gonna... The true rookie of the year. Yeah, true rookie. I don't like – who cares? I mean, I don't care who wins that. But it's like – I mean, you the, can't trust those guys in a series. I mean, I'd rather trust Russ, to be honest, even though he has, he's not great in the playoffs. But I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you exactly how that series is going to go. Utah's going to be Utah's going to look better for the first three games because they're simply better coached and they play as a team better. And then adjustments will be made. Individual talent will take over, and the Thunder will win in probably six. Um, I, I'm with you. That's like, usually how that's usually how OKC wins. So that's a great point. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, because because reality is you can have the greatest scheme on earth, but like one team has A level talent, and you're you're working with like B minus talent. Like at a certain point, you, you you know you can only smoke and mirror too much or so much, yeah. right? Yeah, um, like, like like oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was I was just gonna say like they're just gonna remember what the Warriors did with KD and and Gobert, just put them together, like. I don't think Gobert is stopping Russ on pick and rolls, and I think Stephen Adams is going to feast. Like no matter how much much trash we talk, Utah is definitely not the team that's going to lock up, uh, you know, OKC in a playoff series. Not not for seven games, right? So I mean, I completely agree with you. Like they just have too much talent. It's like what OKC did to the Spurs when they had KD. It's kind of like what OKC did to the Warriors to start off the bat. Um, they just they just got too much. It won't matter. Like. Who, who the hell does Utah? I don't even. I can't even like Royce O'Neal. Who the hell do they even play? Like it's all. It's all, it's like the Celtics in the regular season, right? They're all. They're really awesome. They play as a team, and then they show up for the playoffs, and all of a sudden, it's you. You do one or two things to combat what they usually do, and they don't have any answers for you. So. Yeah, I mean that's the thing think. about a seven-game series. You can only make so many adjustments. Um, at a certain point, it's it's talent versus talent. So, um, as much as like people like to give coaching a lot of credit and they deserve it. Like pop deserves it, but we, we sometimes give pop too much credit and don't acknowledge like how much talent the Spurs have when they win. Right. Um, like, like Tim Duncan is, you know, even in his later years is just like a massively impactful, talented player, Tony Parker, and just like all on down the line. Like you can only, a coach can only do so much. I, I can't remember who said it, but someone's like, NBA's basically 70 to 75% purely talent based. And then everything else is like, can the coach maximize it or is the coach going to get in the way? And it's, it's funny because that's exactly, I mean, pop is such a great example of this because he does about one or two things that he does against the Warriors every series. And if you can figure out, figure it out like the Warriors do, do but the Warriors only figure it out because they have more talent. Then you just win the series. Then it, then it becomes a sweep, which is, I think what's going to happen this time. Like, OKC might win one game where they figured out it's probably going to be game one or game two. But after that, it's over. Like Once the Warriors figure you out, it's over. And the Warriors are the best at figuring teams out, too, uh, in my opinion, uh, in the NBA nowadays, because they just have so many options. Like if they can figure you out by game two, game three, that's it. So I think that's what the Warriors are going to do. Well, it, we're going to wait till Houston, but that's what I think they're going to do in the Western Conference Finals. Like they'll figure them out by I'm game not three. convinced Houston beats OKC. Oh, my God. I'm just not. Russ, Russ is going to lock up hard in crunch time. Is that? No, I think Paul George is. I think, I think Russ has had more oh, success. I think Russ has had more success versus um, Chris Paul than people like to admit. And um, I think uh, Harden's obviously the better player, but Paul George engaged defensively can guard him. You know, he's he's up there in terms of the five or six best matchups to guard him. Wow. And you know, this is what, this is what I'm trying to say. The Warriors have the easiest road. Like I'm not even going to try to lie about it anymore. Like they get Portland or New Orleans instead of OKC. Like I, I, I kind of see why you would think that a locked in OKC defense could beat Houston. Right. And it's like the Warriors don't even have to face that. They only either, they only have to face one or the other. Right. And Houston, they had to go, they got to go through Minnesota then they got, which I think may be a tough matchup. Then they got to go through OKC and then the Warriors. Like that's a tough. Yeah, match. I think like, I think that's, that's where one. that's where the Warriors caught a break because um, 
as much as you know we can make fun of okc and it's you know they deserve it um, and rightfully so like you just have to try a lot harder versus them in a playoff series and uh with a banged up staff who if they were to play okc in round two would be coming off of like a month and a half layoff um it's it's I mean, that's what cost them in 16. They basically expended everything they had with a banged up Steph getting through OKC and they just ran out of gas, right? So it is kind of setting up perfectly for the Warriors in that sense. I woke up last night and I was was like, I was sweating and I was like, I slept pretty much for like 36 hours straight. And then I looked at the standings and I was like, God damn. That just, again, the Warriors do it again. They just they just catch just all the light breaks, years. right? Just light years. <laughs> just just light years. Uh that's crazy. So all right, well we got that. And then we want to go, where should we go? Eastern Conference Finals. Yo, I think the Eastern Conference Finals or playoffs are pretty fun too, outside of LeBron has it easy again. But um Do you think any the, matchups that you want to watch or you want to talk about? I kind of feel like the Wizards are gonna beat Toronto, but I don't think it matters because yeah. either one's gonna get like beat by five or yep. lose to Cleveland in five. Uh, and it's going to be hilarious. But like, I've, I've already run through the scenario in my head. The Wizards beat Toronto and then they start talking. Yeah, Philly's the one. I think that's the one. I think that's the, the Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons versus LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that's what we're headed for. That's, we need that. Like we need that just because that's the only team that if LeBron stays in Cleveland is going to make, is going to make LeBron sweat it. Oh, come on. Boston's going to be there next year. Right, Boston's going to be right there too. Yeah, yeah, with Ky- with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, but and Tatum, but yeah, I mean, and the real rookie of the year, Jason Tatum. No. Jason Tatum. Yeah, he's, I mean, the fact that he's not even talked about this year's rookie cast class is crazy. But I mean, you you see Markel Fultz play, man, like he has infinitely more potential than than Jason Tatum. Like I don't know, but I I think Tatum's, I think Tatum's pretty special. I like like Fultz more, but like I need to see him shoot a damn three pointer before I even put him before I put him in that conversation. If he starts taking the three like he did in college, he doesn't even have to make it at a high percentage. He just has to take it and make enough of them, like make mid thirty percent. Then I'll reopen this conversation. But right now, like watching him come in as a backup point guard and just kind of like take a bunch of eight footers or get to the rim, like you and I both know. That's that's not good enough. Fair enough, fair enough. But I think he'll get there next year. Um, that will be fun, uh, depending where LeBron goes. I guess there's no other there's no other series that we want to go through, huh? So I think uh, just another in the postseasons where the where's the Warriors coast along. Yeah, let's uh, the best teams with them fully healthy and the Warriors banged up at all times. For four, yeah, for four straight series, like they're not gonna be, um, they're not gonna be um, uh, not lucky until they win their fifth championship. So, <laughs> all right, man. Well, why don't you go rest up and uh, we'll, right, we'll reconvene next week. Yes, sir. All right. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.